0: Welcome to Booze and Banter, we're all friends here. We like to talk, drink a little talk, and have really good beer. Beer. That's what we do Tuesday nights, because we like to hang out. Booze and Banter, Booze and Banter, ain't never had no
1: clout. I've never had no doubt.
0: We're going to rock and roll.
2: Oh, that's fine. All right. Sup,
0: fuckers. It's been a minute. Welcome to Booze and Banter, episode 65. It's a threesome today. Usually we got a four-pack, but today three is the way. We got Baca, Lawrence, and myself. We're going to start this episode like all the others with some happies and crappies.
2: And I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Lawrence to kick him off. All right. <clears throat> happy is uh well we uh had a wedding to go to in S- wisconsin it's it's out of a little uh city called superior which is right by duluth uh it was about 40 miles north east of that if i remember right i could be wrong on those directions but 40 miles essentially just out of duluth uh towards the wisconsin side um it was very fun. Uh, it was a beautiful wedding. Um, I wasn't in the wedding. I was actually just a plus one, and these guys uh, actually golfed the day of his wedding. The morning of his wedding, we had a, a a tea time for nine holes with all the groomsmen and the plus ones. So set of nuts on that uh, groom there. But uh, it was really fun and just unintentionally, uh, all the plus ones. So all the you know all the people that weren't actually part of the wedding, but were just boyfriends of of people that were we all like didn't plan it out but we ended up being in a in our golf group so everyone else had you know obligation to go to the ceremony at certain times and when we got done golfing i mean we just went and got a bucket of balls and just kept kept teeing off a little bit and then we got home and played some bags and i mean went on the water and just kind of tubed on the water a little bit and everything and had had a few drinks and just pop popped over to the wedding at like you know, 10 minutes before the ceremony and it was a beautiful ceremony and, and, and a really good night dancing and seeing a lot of, a lot of, uh, familiar faces, which was really fun and just an overall good time. So, so definitely, definitely had a, a good weekend for sure. Um, which brings me, I guess, to my crappy of the constant, um, constant travel and constantly being busy. And I mean, it's, you know, everyone, everyone likes to just, sitting around, do nothing on a, on a, on a beautiful summer uh, weekend and everything. But gosh, I am just like overwhelmed with everything. I mean, it's, it's travel every weekend. I mean, that was, you know, five, five and a half hours basically there and then back. So it was just drive was brutal. Um, and I mean, and you're basically living out of a bag. You get home, you unpack your bag, you wash your clothes, you know, you have to work and do other things. Like I got soccer on Wednesdays You know i got i got things to do at night so it's like i unpack i wash that clothes and then i'm just repacking it and i don't even put my bag away it's just a little overwhelming and work is is super i guess crazy right now shit's been hitting the fan on some of our projects so it's just kind of a lot of things to take in and then you know of course i got to plan and finish up everything with my own wedding we're getting a lot of last minute shit we got to figure out how to do uh, about a week before the wedding so we're just kind of, you know, on my lunch times, I'm I'm talking to a caterer or a photographer, or I'm, or I'm doing some paperwork for that, or, or figuring out some things for that, and and then after work, I'm I'm doing either extracurriculars or or doing more wedding stuff, and and it's just all very very hectic. So it's a little a little overwhelming right now, but I know give it a you know give it a week and a half, two weeks, and everything will all work itself out, and and then uh, we'll be good to go. But just been just been a lot. It's been been a lot recently. So. Can't wait to just have my have my wedding and see all my family and everyone, and then immediately go to Cancun and just chill for a week. <laughs> yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah. So, anyway, that that dragged on a little bit, but I mean, it's it's been a couple weeks since our last podcast, so I mean, it's just been catching up to me. But uh, yeah, I'm good, good overall. Not 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 bad by any means. Just uh, overworked. I understand.
0: I'll take the next one. Uh, so for my happy, I finished up one of two classes. Uh, so I got one class left, and then I got my brewing degree. Uh, so I finished that up 94%. Uh, did well on my final review. I got a perfect on that, so that was good. Um, and then we brewed two sours at Swing Barrel. Um, Keymaster and Gatekeeper, both of them popped off. I think they're very, very good sours. One is Blackberry, black currant. a little bit of uh, lime zest in it and then the other one is raspberry passion fruit Um, and both of those mixed together are a wonderful drink as well Um, and then my pilsner uh, the pilsner that we we designed and brewed and my favorite style of beer uh, also turned out really good so very happy in the beer world right now i think we did a pretty good job but we got a lot of fucking beer there, not a lot of cooler space, so we're going to start running some deals here soon, so keep a, keep a lookout for that. I'll pick you guys up some crawlers, though, on discounting and try to bring them your way, especially for that wedding weekend. I got to bring a bunch of crawlers, so yeah, that's been really fun. Awesome. Uh, crappy, really the only crappy that I had was after, well, and fuck, we went disc golfing this weekend, too, so... Uh, that was super fun. 56 holes at the preserve, be- probably one of the best courts in Minnesota ate at the shack. They got a fucking awesome restaurant. there. slightly overpriced, but you know, it's golf, it's golf food. So you expect to spend a little bit, uh, but that was really fun. Only crappy would be f- after fucking disc golfing in the woods all day long. My allergies got so bad to the point where I could barely breathe on the drive home. Poor Baca had to listen to me and fucking blow my nose and die for like three and a half straight hours (laughs) because it like fucking started at the end of the last round all the way through and the next day i was just like tapped out like that whole sunday i just could not breathe at all so that was really (laughs) shitty but otherwise everything else has been going in the good how's it going guys my family just came downstairs for everybody listening (laughs) uh but yeah so everything else has been going good so far so I'll throw it over the back of your
1: Yeah, I don't have too much for happiest and crappies. Obviously, one of the happies would be being able to play the preserve with the boys this weekend. little 56 holes at disc golf. It's always good to get out there away from uh, Fargo, away from work for a little bit. And, you know, just kind of unwind. So uh, that was a fun day.
2: Um, so um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but when you play us play 56 holes, is that all in one day or do you guys do two days? <laughs> oh we played three rounds one day baby (laughs) it was one day i I play 18 rounds of disc golf and my arm is just worked after 18 so i I get this
1: second crazy round power spike it's actually like you know when you're playing 2k and these guys got like these gold badges like fourth quarter all-star that's me (laughs) in the second round I, i i find i dig deep and i pull it out of myself and Although I I shot a lot over par first round I came out second round and did pretty well. So I think I was, you
0: beat your score by fifteen strokes.
1: Yeah, it was it was something crazy like that. <laughs> but um obviously crappies would be going into the woods a lot on the first course and hitting those stinging nettles and whatnot. But um other happy would be um the nba drafts almost here houston rockets got a second pick so they're going to get one of the top prospects in the country so that's going to be huge um and football season's almost here and i'm really excited to see devonta smith play some football for the philadelphia eagles we got a heisman winner on our team
2: i'm excited to see
1: what happens and uh crappy i guess would be dealing with a, a a situation at work where i gotta figure out why Things aren't working the way they should with our memberships, and it's just been a headache. But hopefully, I can get everything figured out tomorrow. But I'm sure it's going to be hours and hours of phone calls, so I'm not looking forward to it. But pretty solid, other than that, good shit.
0: Fields, happies, and crappies. Fields, um, he found out he has gonorrhea, so that's his crappy
2: oh, again.
0: Yes, this is his 15th time with the clap. Um, so everybody. <laughs> send fields a virtual round of applause your own claps for his clap um and but for his happy he ate a three pound burrito in under three minutes so that was pretty impressive he was obviously stress eating uh from finding out his diagnosis but a three pound burrito in under under three minutes is I mean,
2: that's, that's a that's, pound a minute for those who aren't mathematically inclined
0: Yep. So those are those are the Joey Chestnut numbers. But really important thing that happened since our last time recording was uh, the Poirier McGregor fight. I know we're a week late on covering this, but we did have some beer bets on it. And uh, whoever fucking had Poirier, well, yeah, you absolutely dominated the Coles.
2: Coles cool. squared
0: through hard. Um, that was pretty solid, but <laughs> I just I don't like when fights end like that. I just I wish that he would have had an opportunity to fight. He was getting pieced up at the end there. All the people that's saying that McGregor had the first round of psychopaths. I don't know if you wanna give one. My,
2: little... my argument is that McGregor had the first half of the first round and then after that he just got trumped because anything that he was winning in the first half i mean it doesn't matter how good your first half is if you get literally just ground and pounded for the last two and a half minutes of the first round you're not going to win that round and yes i mean i i will argue for mcgregor the fact that i mean the only reason he did get on bottom was because poirier did slip a guillotine which i honestly don't even know how he slipped the guillotine but um he put
1: his feet in the cage
2: yeah. So that, yeah, that's that, fucking so true and bullshit, by the way. So that could be your argument, but like other than that, the whole second half, he was just getting ground pounded. So he definitely lost the round, but he did have him in the first half. I'm not gonna lie, like that, like that one uh, high school football player says, they had us in the first half. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Did we uh, not talk about the fights? I guess we didn't have an episode last week.
2: No, so we have no, not we're, talked we're
0: about We're that. a week late, but our listeners, probably none of them really watch the UFC too much. So, uh, yeah. I we, we were just talking about how I think McGregor definitely lost first round just because of, like, first off, breaking his fucking leg. But second <laughs> off, like, he just got fucked up on the ground. But Lawrence made a pretty good rebuttal, and he said, like, the first half of the first round was definitely McGregor's. So... I don't know, Bach. You want to weigh in on that a little bit?
1: Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just keep it brief, though, because, and I, I don't know. I think this—we all get caught up in McGregor's shining star, and we think that he's that same person on that crazy Terry had at featherweight. He only has one win at lightweight, and that was again—that's when he became double champ. He doesn't have a single other one in that.
0: I mean, class. he's got one of the biggest wins at lightweight champ, champ, baby.
1: Yeah, one of the, one of the biggest for sure, and, and and think I think it was a beautiful ride that McGregor had, but I I just don't think I think he has done it, and he has made so much money he doesn't know who he is anymore. He went from this savage, witty Conor McGregor and destroying people with his words to this nice guy against Poirier in their second fight, and then that didn't work. So he went he went to impersonate his former self. Talking all this big talk at press conferences and trying to regain what he once was. And I just, I think he's lost. I don't think he knows who he is anymore. Um, but it's not a sad story. It's dudes riding off in the sunset. I think he just bought a Lamborghini boat. I saw on Instagram today. Like the, the dude's living. He doesn't need to fight again, but he will. Um, for that fight, I think Poirier is going to win that fight regardless of the leg. Um I think Poirier is super underrated, but um if it wasn't for McGregor, Poirier wouldn't be riding off into the sunset with boatloads of money. So shout out to McGregor for that. Um other than that, I really don't have too much to add to it.
2: I think So
0: go ahead, Nick. I think it's funny, like all the post fight shit that's happening, like Stevo said that he thinks Poirier is a better person and a better fighter, so McGregor called him a crackhead. <laughs> like, like, shit like that is kind of killing me. Like, I don't know. I just think a fourth one should happen. McGregor's going to get his ass kicked, and that's going to be that. I'm going to watch it. and But, I mean, there's still a chance. Like, that's the problem is it's still fighting. There's still a chance.
1: I don't. I don't see him succeeding at anything over than featherweight, which is 145. That's where he went on his giant tear. Like, and then he got his one win at 55, went on to fight Mayweather and made a boatload of money. And then he kind of just fucking, he he hasn't had enough octagon time. He's not as hungry as these other guys. He's made it, you know, he's, he's just not the same guy anymore
2: so but
0: still even if you were fighting mcgregor there's still a chance i'm saying no matter what you put any human in there any human versus any human there is a chance
2: there wasn't much of a chance on that sean o'malley fight but uh <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, fair
2: enough. no i i completely agree um in the fact that there, there's always a chance. I mean, you know, odds are odds, but, uh, all you need is one good connection where he overlooked or under or, or didn't step enough or something. But, uh, I will say I'm going to, I'm actually going to back McGregor on the, on the first round because he was looking, he was looking like the old McGregor. He wasn't boxing. He's using his feet more than his hands. Um, you know, he's, he's standing up with Poirier. He, he threw, they both had some good punches thrown in early. Um, it's, it's hard to, to judge the, you know, both characters on just on a one five minute round that ended in a, in a shin bone standing on his, on the ground. Like I, I would, I don't know what cause it, if it was, the, if it was, you know, micro, micro fractures from constantly kicking him, whatever. What I but,
1: saw was, um, Right before this um, shit actually snapped. He threw a kick, up kick at Poirier, and Poirier deflected it with his elbow, and it looked like it kind of got injured there. And then, like ten seconds later, McGregor threw that punch, and he stepped back on that same leg, and it completely snapped.
2: It, it very well could have been, um, but I mean, like I said, I the. Uh, I just think him using his legs more. He was being more agile. He was bouncing in, bouncing out. He was moving. He was mixing things up. He was doing outside leg kicks, inside leg kicks, going for, for front kicks, high kicks. He was using his hands. He didn't even. He didn't really get an opportunity to throw like a, a few big lefts or anything like that. He had some decent jabs, but. And then he had him in a guillotine too, which I thought I thought that guillotine team was was sunk in. I was like, "Oh shit, it's it's over." Like I like two and a half, three minutes in, I thought, holy shit, he's gonna guillotine him and, and choke him out." But he ended up slipping it, and and the rest is history. I mean, two and a half minutes of getting grounded, and pounded, and then the second you stand back up, you shatter your leg. It's not good. that's all everyone's gonna remember.
1: But... I think Mystic Mac has reversed because everything that he said about this last fight with Poirier reversed on him he said somebody or he said he was going to send Poirier out on a stretcher mcgregor went out on the stretcher he said first ones to shoot is a dusty bitch and he shot first <laughs> so he's a dusty bitch and then he said i don't count submissions as real it's just knockout is the only one i see in my book like for my whole career and then he was the first one to go for that guillotine. obviously. He wasn't feeling comfortable with what was going on, so he he shot for that guillotine, and it was in tight. Poirier did say that, but I do think Poirier used his toes in the cage to get out of that. That wasn't called for anything, which is kind of dirty. But I don't know. I'm just, I think, I think his era as Connor McGregor, the the superstar, is still here. But like, he's he's not on the level of like a top five lightweight in the UFC right now.
0: See, McGregor could probably just do what Tony Hawk does and just show up to the X Games and just get bronze. And everybody's (laughs) still stoked he's there. Like, fuck, dude. I I know that's an awful comparison, but my point in saying is, like, he doesn't have to play it like he's the top dog anymore. Like, he can probably just fight for the money and fucking for the fanfare at that point and just get out of there. But... I don't know man. It's it's I feel like it's tough when you are the top dog for so long but he's not getting any fucking younger either. And his body you can tell is fucking tired. Like McGregor even though McGregor looks like the old McGregor, McGregor has never looked not fucking tired after the first round every single. He looks gassed all the time no matter what. So you know, gassed and old versus gassed and young, you, you don't have as much of a battery any longer. That's not good. I'd say sure. that with Poirier being, like, the same exact fucking age as him, though, which is just crazy.
2: Yeah, I think I think Poirier had a little bit more to, to fight for on this one. I mean, although, yeah, he did win the last one, I just think it's, like, the last one he won while McGregor is being respectful. And then this next one is like he went back to just being a fucking ass and like talking shit about him and his family. Like same thing like with Habib. Like he was like talking shit about his family, like his religion. His, yeah, his religion, stuff like that. I mean, which don't get me wrong. Like, no, it's not called for. But I mean, that's that's McGregor is he's going to 30 percent of his fight is is your mental game that he's going to throw at you. He's going to make you. He's gonna make you question, like, am I even good? Like, is this guy actually like better than me? Is, you know, am is is he as good? He's he's just gonna get you thinking about other things other than just focusing on on the fight. But the is...
0: problem is, is that he's kind of one trick pony. Like, he's always gonna do that every single time with no matter who he fights. So, like, the nice guy I, side was actually fucking scarier. Like, <clears throat> nice guy McGregor was scarier than just same old McGregor. Because, like, what the fuck is he doing? He's being nice. Like, that's not normal.
1: Right, and I, I think the game has kind of evolved on McGregor in, in the since, like, 2014 when he started popping off on this insane run. Like, we've seen so much more actual mixed martial arts in the UFC than we have seen in the past. We've seen a lot more um, guys that are able to uh, take down, wrestle, fight off their backs, fight fight in top guard, and... That's just not McGregor's game. He needs to be on his feet for him to be his best. And um, especially in that 155 division where there's so many killers that can use that ground game into their advantage. He just he just doesn't fit in anymore.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. That's 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 the thing too, is like I love watching stand up fights. Like, don't get me wrong. Like no one really wants to watch people kind of rolling around and stuff for a while. I mean, or else you just watch wrestling, but um, I do appreciate the ground game like I the whole fact of like oh a knockout is the only real win like like I love not that I fight a whole lot but like I love stand-up fighting but like I truly think I, I I used to wrestle so like I really appreciate like good ground game like when someone gets good reversals good like and does really good ground game that is just as crucial if not more important than then on your feet, because when you're on the ground, you can be maneuvered and controlled way more than when you're on your than when you're on your uh, feet. So just the fact that, like, I don't know if I just think he needs to really just work on his ground game if anything, because it's clearly stand up like that is your strong suit. Yes, you need to maintain that strong suit. but like standing up, you don't lose often. but Every time when you're on the ground, like you just get shit rocked every time. Yeah. So and and the guillotine, my favorite choke too, just the easiest one to sink in. It's all, so underrated. People always shoot the legs, use guillotine, and it's done.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I think we've sat on this for Be- fucking Beat a long. dead horse. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like we beat a dead horse because we basically said these same exact fucking things last fucking fight. <laughs> This is just ridiculous. But another big piece of news is fucking Space Jam. I see your background came out. Baga watched the movie. But more importantly, I've been reading the reviews, baby. And people have been saying it's an atrocity. It's LeBron's acting is the worst thing that's ever come out of the NBA. They literally fucking said that. There was there was a fucking picture of the white mama next to that and it said space jam is now the worst thing that's came out of the NBA. Which first off, White Mama is probably one of the best things that's come out of the NBA. But anyhow, Scalabrini's the dude. Um this fucking show's getting shit on, so Bog, I just need to know why.
1: To be fair, I've only I haven't finished the movie yet. I'm about forty minutes in and i by no means am a lebron fan so i may be biased but i did notice in those first 40 minutes his acting was lackluster it seemed super obviously it's a scripted but he's just not a good actor that's that's not a strong suit it seemed like a giant uh sick how, how tall is lebron like six nine yeah like a giant six nine guy that was reading the script that was right in front of him. Like there there was no energy or passion or anything. And uh but I I really can't um say too much bad about it. I, I did hear the Looney Tunes themselves saved the movie. I know I saw a stat on Twitter that like Wiley Coyote got like three hundred points in like thirty seconds on a power spike in the third quarter. Spoiler. But uh it, it was different than um the regular Space Jam. Michael Jordan wasn't a great actor either, but it seemed a little bit more authentic and clean than what LeBron did.
0: I don't think there's many actors that are better than Shaquille O'Neal. Ooh,
1: <laughs> Shazam?
0: was a fucking hit. I think I watched
1: Shazam once a year.
0: Yeah, it's a fucking hit. And then what, what else is he in? He's in... A couple other movies that he's actually... Like, he plays a cop in a movie. Grown-ups. Yeah, grown-ups. Perfect. He nails it. Like, people just... Shaq is the all-time MVP. Basketball, fucking acting in life. Get this guy... That guy needs a fucking honorary lifetime achievement
1: award. We should should put him on the Mount Rushmore. Like, actually on Mount Rushmore.
0: Yeah, we need to chop off one of the fucking (laughs) races space and act. you just throw Shaquille
2: O'Neal up there. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys seen that video where where uh, Shaq goes kind of like into more of like a hood neighborhood and he just starts paying kids a 100 bucks that can make free throws?
0: No, I did not.
2: Yeah, so literally like so I guess uh, police were like playing basketball with like the kids in the neighborhood and then they left and came back like 30 minutes later with Shaq. Like I don't know if one of the cops knew him or something, but Lily came back with Shaq, and Shaq just starts like playing basketball with these kids. And then he just start, he's like, "All right, everyone line up." And he just got a huge stack of hundred dollar bills. He's like, "If you make free, if you make free throw, you get a hundred bucks." And he's just giving out hundred dollar bills to these kids, fucking making free throws and like in their neighborhood. I was like, yeah, God, you, you are just a dude."
1: The most recent Shaq thing that I saw was he he was at some jewelry store, and some dude was purchasing an engagement ring and Shaq went over there and bought the engagement ring for him.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw, did you see Shaq's comments about all the NBA players bitching about having to play too much? He said, we have frontline workers, and we got people that lost their jobs, and we're making millions of dollars to bounce a ball around. I know what real work looks like, so I would never bitch about having to play basketball for a living. Like, Shaq's on another level. I didn't know he said that. That's fucking big. That's He does some questionable shit. He really does. But then he always comes back with, like, just being a normal fucking dude. Like, I don't know a seven-foot normal fucking dude, but the dude, like, actually was a cop for a couple months just to see what it was like. Like, he actually went and graduated college and got a fucking degree because he figured that everything shouldn't be given to him. He went to acting school to, like, be on – like, he's – I didn't know I was such a Shaq fanboy until this moment.
2: <laughs> I didn't either.
0: I didn't. I had no clue that I liked him at all. But everything about him is like fucking sick, actually. I The guy is, dare I say it, he might be better than The Rock. Shaq might be more of an American hero than Dwayne The Rock Johnson.
2: Whoa. <laughs> have you have you seen the video? Speaking of Dwayne The Rock, have you seen the <laughs> video where he just busts his finger? And he's just like, oh, I could to pop this bitch back into place. No, I, I didn't see, see that one. Oh, you yeah, I haven't seen that one. I think he's on set. I think he was filming, uh, uh, oh, my gosh. What's the movie with Kevin Hart? Why can't I think of it? It's Jumanji. Yeah. Um, and he's just, like, on set, and he's like, yeah, I was just doing this and this. And then he, like, puts the the camera down to his hand, and he just has his hand sitting like this. And one of his fingers is literally just ass sideways, like, completely crooked as shit. And he goes, "All right, I gotta pop this song bitch back into place. I'll let you guys go." And he just like hangs up the thing with his finger, just absolutely fucking sideways. And I'm just like, "God, man, you are just a badass, just laughing your ass off, filming when your finger is just way out of fucking place." I'll have to send it. To, I'll have to find it and send it to you guys. But I do love The Rock too. We're just, big guys are just good guys. They they really are, and us little guys fucking suck. So there's that. <laughs> What about uh, Yao? Does anybody know if Yao, Yao Ming was a good guy?
0: Was. Yao Ming's still alive, I'm pretty sure. And I think he probably was a good guy. Well, no, I, I know he's, I guess, he's just not <laughs> as a parent in the media. No, I mean, you know, I think he's probably hanging out in China with the Beijing Sharks or something. The best <laughs> Chinese basketball team of all time.
2: I uh, I didn't know that was a basketball team, so... <laughs> That's uh, the
0: Shanghai Sharks,
2: dude. Sorry about that. Sorry about that.
0: That's where uh, my boy j was playing for the last couple of years and then came back to the g Link. I hope j just either for just. I know I'm the number one fan of the j fan club. I literally type out the newsletter. I fucking make sure that I send everything to our j uh, website. But, dude, listen to me right now. You just need to hang up the shoes. It's becoming absolutely pathetic. <laughs> you got your title. You were a, you balled out at the Shanghai Sharks. Just leave. You can coach somewhere. You're brilliant. All right. Did you guys see the fucking kid at the X Games hit a 1080 on vert? Did you guys see that at all?
2: Yes, bro. That was freaking lit. I didn't necessarily see that, but I have been watching a lot of uh, a lot of highlights and shit, and that stuff's fucking wild.
0: Yeah, so the he's 12 years old. He's oh, I did not know that. Yeah, he's a skateboarder from Brazil, and his name is Geek Hurry. And fucking Tony Hawk was there, in front of Tony Hawk, and, and it had to have been like, well, in 2002, I think Tony Hawk hit the 900. Mm-hmm. Nobody's done that since in the vert. Not even 900. And Gee Curry, 12 years old, comes in, hits a 1080 on his final run because you get six runs in the 20-minute span. And, like, I think the coolest thing about the, the whole entire situation was, like, three of the skateboarders passed on their runs to allow Gee to, like, try to hit this. So because you have just 20 minutes running time. So if you don't get your six minutes, you don't get it. Three of them decided to pass. And so, what happens when you pass on your run is they add that time that those people would potentially take to the next people. And so, they got a seventh and final run where this kid finally hit it and and he won gold. Uh, so I think the skateboarding community is super cool because, like, I think when people see that somebody's trying to go out there and do something that nobody's ever done, they're kind of all behind it, whether they're gonna lose a medal or not. Like, it doesn't matter. At that point, all that matters is that history is going to be made. And that is something that I think lacks in a lot of other sports. Like, I think at least in skateboarding and in a lot of extreme sports, the camaraderie of just like being on the fringe is very, very apparent. But it's just absolutely crazy
1: to watch. He did that when Tony Hawk was there. In person. Well, yeah, yeah. Competing. I wasn't even joking
0: when I said Tony Hawk got bronze. Like, yeah. 56-year-old fucking Tony Hawk got bronze because he hit an absolutely spectacular... Like, his his uh, trick set was beyond mind-blowing. And then Lutz comes behind him, does something better, and now they all just rally around this kid to just hit one of the most insane tricks of all time. 12 years old. Like it's over. Like he's he's good. He's set. He this is like Nigel Houston, Niger Houston's type of yes. shit going on here in skateboarding again. And it's on Vert. Vert's dying. Like and that's my favorite one to watch. Like my my dad always bought the X Games channel so that we could watch it. And Vert was always my favorite because I think it's the most technical out of all of them. Like even street skating, I don't think is as technical as Vert because you're not that high up in the air.
2: <clears throat> I do love street skating though
0: fast i mean i do too but yeah i just definitely wanted to touch on that because i think i don't think fringe sports get enough coverage at all (laughs) like i i think skateboarding had its peak with like sls at the beginning when it was on mtv and then they like cut it which i think is fucking ridiculous Uh, i don't think mtv was a good platform at all for them uh to begin with but i don't think it should have been cut like those they were getting $100,000 checks every time they got gold.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I guess I just I I love watching like highlights of the X Games, but I never I never actually like like download it and or like buy it and watch like all of them. I usually just end up getting the highlights and stuff, but maybe it's something I should definitely be doing a little bit more, but I I can't believe I didn't see this this kid do this though. But in front of Tony Hawk, and and it is nice that like there's that respect for people. Like we know this kid's gonna. Just, so was he just like trying it and trying it and trying it and wasn't getting it, and then yeah, they just finally we like, we gotta I, let this kid.
0: Literally it. on his first run, he tried to hit it, and then it was like two, three. He tried to hit it again, and then the announcers were just like,
2: "Yeah, this kid's not giving up. Like this is huge." And then Oh, yeah. With fucking was, Tony Hawk there, too. Oh, I'll do the same thing. I'd be like, keep letting me try it. Keep letting me try it.
0: Well, and, like, the second and third run, he almost landed it. But, like, he landed it so clean, he he barely even touched his hand to the ground. I think it was, like, a half a second touch. So he, like, got shaved a tenth of a point, which is nothing, because he hit the best trick ever on a on a board. Yeah.
2: 10.80. I gotta go watch this now.
1: That's yeah, it's lit, man. It's a good story.
2: Oh, it's it's so awesome. All right
0: guys. Well, I know we are doing a shorter episode today, so are we ready to hit the brewery review? Yeah, let me
2: run and grab my my uh my beer.
1: All I right. do have to run and grab mine as well. I don't know if you can keep a solo conversation going uh, for 30 seconds.
2: You can go ahead, Bach.
0: A go ahead, solo Bach. conversation. Come on, tonight we got a three-brew review from Surly Brewing Company. We got Impossible Objects. This is a juicy India Pale Ale. Notice I did not say hazy. This bitch is just juicy. From Dracker Brewing Company, we got Chalk. It's murka Cake. It's a Sunday Sour. And then... This bitch has fucking everything. In it. The gimmicks, strawberry, blueberry, banana, cake batter, vanilla, beans and lactose, all the good shit. And then finally from Young Blood Beer Co, we got The Tale of Midnight Bill. It's a milk stout with toasted coconut and lactose, sitting at 8% ABV, so it's a pretty big beer actually. I think that one sounds pretty solid. But I'll uh, I'll start with mine if you want me to.
2: Yeah, no, that's fine. I just I was just gonna get go ahead and roll with every time I get a, a, a beer like that. I always think of uh, of Miss Bordwell. I always think it's something that she would probably uh, probably be a fan of. Um, I haven't got it yet, but I will say what I'm what I'm really hoping for. Um, I'm hoping for a nice, soft, um, subtle coconut on that one, and I'm hoping that it's a real winter beer, um, something that you can really just sip on while you're watching. You know, I'll like the bachelorette <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or something like that. So we'll, we'll see what my anticipation is. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's got big, bold flavors. You get a lot of, a lot of odiness, a lot of, or a lot of oats, if odiness is a word, and then a subtle bit of coconut. I don't want that to overpower and be kind of that super sweet almost. Um, but I'll get back to you shortly. Perfect. Well, I got
0: impossible objects from Surly Brewing Company. Uh, this is a juicy India pale ale. Um, a lot of, IPAs that we review are New England style IPAs. So those are going to be hazy. A juicy is generally slightly clear with a little bit of haze, but it is more, uh, it's more hop aroma uh, on the citrus side. So the juice flavor definitely comes out of it. Um, on the nose, it is very, very, uh, it's very citrusy, but Also, you do smell all the malt in there. I think that's something that or certainly kind of does with their brews. Uh, You can definitely smell the malt bill. Um, Tasting it, it's kind of your classic IPAs. So, this is like, I think before hazies were super popular, juicy IPAs were kind of like everybody's hazies. So this was something that was like more palatable for a lot of people that are trying to venture into the IPA realm, but it still has a little bit of bite to it. This is brewed with Sabro, uh, Citra, and Eldorado, and Amarillo. Um, All of them are also dry hopped in the beer, and you can definitely tell that it's dry hopped. You kind of get the Sabro like coconut in this, and then the Citra, Eldorado, and Amarillo definitely kind of level a playing field with all the citrus uh, flavor in it. Again, this is like 7% ABV. I think it's a solid IPA. Um, I think that on their malt bill, you know, they have the golden promise and whatnot. I would like a more relaxed malt bill so that the hops could sing a little bit. Um, because I do taste a lot of like that malt grittiness. Um, but otherwise solid beer. Um, would I put this in my mini fridge? A lot of Surly, uh, to be honest, doesn't go in my mini fridge because I think it is just Surly brews very safe beer. I think all of their beer is pretty much like, oh, it's juicy IPA. You kind of expect that, but nothing's mind blowing, so it's not going to go in my mini fridge. But it is something good to pick up, like if you just want to try something. What well, could you bar?
1: I have another chunk to review with you guys today anytime i see this one in stores i always pick it up i don't think there's been a chunk out there that i haven't been a super fan of other than the peanut butter and jelly chunk that was made Uh, i think that's the only one that i didn't really really love um but this one is murka cake Sunday sour And this one is actually brewed with some cake batter. I don't think I've ever had a beer brewed with actual cake batter before.
0: Fucking crazy. I hope there's no eggs in that bitch.
1: Oh, my God. Strawberry, blueberry, banana, cake batter, vanilla beans, and some lactose. So, uh, I'm actually really excited to pour this out into the cup, see what the color is, see how thick this thick boy is, and uh, get the flavor out. So, here we go with the first pour.
2: I hope ooh oh boy i hope it's not super super sweet that could be something that i feel like could get uh pretty sweet pretty quick if it got away from them but knowing drecker i'm sure they got everything leveled out nicely
1: it's a nice uh dark plum
2: color i would say plum's a it, good a good word it's a good description
1: it's a little bit uh darker than what you would see in the picture here um but
2: Oh, got some of it in
1: my nose again. Classic. <laughs> Classic on the step. Smells it smells very fruity in my nose. Oh, my God. Okay. Sorry. I'm fumbling the bag here, but here you go with the, with the first sip. Bacchus Bar Gulp.
0: That's definitely a gulp, too, because it's fucking chalk. Chalk, for anybody that doesn't know and we haven't explained it enough, it's like a smoothie. That's that's literally consistency.
1: yeah um it's a little bit less thick which is um don't take it to heart because it's still it's still a thick boy but it's a bit less thick than the last few chunks that they've came out with for sure um but i am getting that cake batter at the back end and that's something really exciting for me to taste because i didn't think you could actually brew with something like a cake batter you know yeah. And as and as it's drying in my nose hairs from sniffing it, I'm smelling cake batter in my nose hairs from when... <laughs> it's kind of insane, but I'm going to take another one here because chunks are a lot to process. It's not your typical beer that you go out and find. It's something that is, I think, really unique in uh, brewing world. I don't know of any other place that consistently makes another thick, thick, fruity tasteful beer like the chonk line from drecker so it's something i really um implore y'all that listen try to find some chonk and try it doesn't matter regardless of the flavor it's an experience um like i said only one's ever let me down before and that was the peanut butter and jelly which was still pretty good still fit the fit the shoe but i'm gonna take another sip here because that's a lot of flavors to take in and this one's definitely unique oh my god it's like a fruit fruit ah, I can't pin down this i I cannot explain this it, it it's probably my favorite like, chunk i like a Julius it's kind it, it kind of is like a julius it's like uh vanilla strawberry banana orange cake. julius with some cake batter in there so you get <laughs> that birthday cake there's so much going on in this beer it's hard for me to pinpoint what the defining flavor is but everything that they put in here works so um well together i think this will actually be my favorite chunk that i have ever tried definitely my favorite chunk that i have reviewed on this podcast and um this was the last four pack in happy harry's day which i'm sad about because i definitely want to drink this i know my mom's gonna want me to save her one so I can't share it with you boys. This this, this is a special brew. Um, this Yeah, my favorite chunk. This is probably will go in my dream six pack. This is fantastic. This yeah. is unbelievable.
2: Really?
0: So you are pretty used to drinking these Thick Boys. This isn't a beer that you're going to drink like, this is a sit and relax type of beer, right?
1: I, I think you want to drink it when it's cold at its coldest. Okay. So I do like it. It's a really easy beer to get down quickly, because like uh, Lawrence said, it's, it's like an orange Julius, but without the orange, is different flavors, and it, it's almost like a smoothie, like you said too. So it's like it's like a dessert beer is how I always describe Chonk. It's a dessert beer. It's a treat. Mm-hmm.
0: I got you. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, uh, let me, I'm trying to turn my lamp on here because it has a, my beer has a tidbit, but it's pretty small and I'm getting so old I can't read the tiny. God, this is tiny though. Um, so let's see. Oh, it's a good one. All right. This can holds the tale of Midnight Bill. An old sales guy went riding out one dark and windy morn. In the distance, he heard a voice call down, if you want to save your soul from hell. A selling wait, 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 wait. If you want to save your soul from hell a selling on our range, then Billy, change your ways today or with this you will sell. Trying to catch the buyer's herd across these endless streets. Just like midnight, Bill, this stout is dark as a starless night as a starless sky at midnight with lactose to add a rich body and sweetness that is rounded out with tons of toasted coconut. That was a long one.
0: That was a long one.
2: Yeah. Uh, And then they also have another little tidbit about themselves saying, Youngblood Beer Company provides an oasis for those who seek a life of leisure. Located one block from the State Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin, we serve up dank and drippy vibes through experimental IPAs, saisons, saisons, and lagers. So... Whole lot, of, whole lot of talk for the can. Um, it is a uh, 8% toasted coconut milk stout. Um, and uh, when they say toasted coconut, let me tell you that toasted coconut is not hidden. Um, it is a uh, forefront, up front, and it is the 100% main uh, flavor you're going to get in this beer. I really like that it's toasted because it really hides through, it, it really kind of hides the sweetness of the coconut. So all you, you it's a really nutty, really oat oat forward type of uh, type of beer. And I mean, right away I was kind of like I was searching for. Uh, usually when I have stouts like this, I'm I'm searching for like a chocolate or a peanut butter, or or something like that. But I mean, this is I mean. If you can just imagine a a it is a dark milk stout. I will say I was gonna say dark milk, but I mean this is no this is not even a brown. I mean this is a black. That's black uh, coffee I mean, right there. Yeah, exactly. That's another one I look for in stouts, it's coffee. I usually like like a peanut butter coffee, but uh this one is is just a toasted coconut beer. Um and I mean I'm, I'm trying to just continuously, even like swish it around and try and get something else. Um, one second here. I mean, you get you get that original feeling of milk stout right away because it is a little bit thicker. Uh, it does have oats uh, in it, so you do get that. Uh, a good head retainage as well. Um, you get just just n- it's a nutty, oaty, toasted taste i mean it's if you love like if you love like toasted nuts or anything like that and you like a little bit of a darker beer i mean this is the beer for you because it is a a toasted darker milk stout definitely a sipper you're not going to be chugging this one you're not going to be having this one on a hot summer day uh this is going to be a snuggle up with a fucking blanket and you want to sip on a beer and not get up for a while because it's going to take you a bit to drink it Kind of beer, which is completely fine. It's uh you just gotta really love that. You gotta really love it, a, a toasted nut flavor because that is. I mean, that is what it is in its simplest form. is is just toasted nut. Um, I said right away. I hope the coconut doesn't come through so much, so that way it's super sweet. I kind of wish they almost toasted it a little bit less, so I did have a backdrop of sweet. Um, it's not just like a burnt drink or anything, but I kind of wish they had something else to push through. I think a tiny hint of coffee would have really went a long way or, or some type, or like even like an espresso or something in here, um, could have really, really put this beer on another level. Um, but it is good at its basic level. I mean, it is hundred percent toasted coconut milk stout. So, I mean, for that, they, they absolutely nailed it. Um, I'm really on the fence on this one going in my mini fridge because I did a really good job. Um, It doesn't taste bad by any means, Um, but personally for for milk stout um, I'm kind of wanting that that third layer. You know I'm not. I'm not wanting a you know toasted coconut. You know I want, you know maybe toasted coconut and and coffee or toasted coconut peanut butter or 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 something down those lines to give me that third layer Um, because I'm not typically a, a stout drinker. Uh, But when I am, I I just want that, you know, a a really good kind of really flavorful uh, uh, milk stout. And this one's just got that that one to two layers, and I'm always looking for that third. So this one will not be going in my mini fridge. I think I kind of talked myself into that answer. Well, good shit.
0: It sounds like a pretty good brew. Maybe if they just... Added a little bit more. Even sometimes I think you think you want something more, but if they just took something away, like maybe a less coconut, then the beer could sing a little bit. That would be like that third layer too. So,
2: yeah, Occam's Razor.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, that was our brew review for tonight. Fields reviewed McGolden. He loves it. He thinks it's the <laughs> best brew of all time. So, get yourself a McGolden as well. Uh, so, that was. Uh, Two, two for four because Fields put them a golden in his Walking uh, mini fridge. But from Young Blood Beer Co., uh, that was one that uh, Lawrence just reviewed. That was The Tale of Midnight Bill. It's milk stout with toasted coconut and lactose. And then we got Shock from Dracker. This is Murkha Cake. That's a Sunday sour. Uh, and then from Surly Brewing Company, we had Impossible Objects Juicy IPA. Do we have
1: a Would You Fucking Rather? Would You Fucking Rather? Be the driver or be the passenger.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh... I always drive.
1: In an ideal world, if you had a choice with a safe driver...
0: Okay, I'm the passenger, baby. (laughs) Give me my phone. Give me my fucking Instagram. (laughs) All my fucking YouTube. I am the passenger in an ideal world with a safe driver, but... If I'm having to ride with Derek, I'm the driver. Fucking, even if I am the passenger and I'm riding in the car with Derek, I still have my hand on the wheel at least 17% of the time. Right. To get him back into the lane. So, I think that is why I have become the driver. Because he has scared my life one too many times. But yeah, in ideal world, I'm a passenger.
1: You're such a driver, though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I like to have control a little bit. Th-
1: this one was slightly split over five k votes on Reddit. There was two point four for one and two point five for the other. So,
2: um, I would. Oh man, guaranteed it's a safe driver. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna take the passenger. I mean, I can, I can kick back. I can sleep. I mean. I can read a book i can i can study something i can look up something i mean i my options are a lot more when i'm a passenger when i'm a driver i can just drive so wait did i say that right yeah when i'm a driver all i can do is just drive when i'm a passenger i have i mean limitless options other than like working out or running around hey so so uh,
0: i did go to derek driving school and i learned that if you use your knees and also make sure you're always going 10 miles per hour over the speed limit. You can go on your phone as much as you possibly <laughs> want.
1: <laughs> I do have to rebuttal and say, if you're in the passenger seat and you're sleeping, you're not being a good co-pilot. No yeah. matter how tired I am, if I'm in that passenger seat, I'm, I'm staying awake. And as, as hard as it may be, sometimes I will not let myself fall asleep. Oh, that is, pilot.
2: that is not me. I mean, literally on our, I drove, I drove the whole way to this wedding in Wisconsin and I drove around, you know, you know, everywhere we went in Wisconsin. And then on the way back, Jenna drove and I was like, I will try my best to stay awake just because like we didn't go to bed till super late because after the, after the wedding, we literally went, we went to a bar after the wedding. They had reserved a bar. So like literally everyone's so exhausted it's like twelve thirty and then on top of that everyone goes to a bar. And I was just like I mean, it was fun for like thirty minutes, and then after that everyone everyone was literally just like, Oh my god, I just need to go home. But that is why I did not stay awake throughout the drive. It was I mean, I didn't sleep a lot, but I wasn't the best co pilot. So
0: Understood. I I am a shitty co pilot when Ashley's driving. I'll fucking fall asleep every time.
2: Yep.
1: I I I one hundred percent am the passenger. I I don't know what it. It might be some eighty. The enemy. I cannot drive longer than an hour anywhere. Like and that's pushing it. Unless I have to, then I'll do it. But like I hate driving. Um, I don't know what it is. I would just rather be in the passenger seat or in the back seat, just vibing. That's probably because you also focus on being a safe driver. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that's the thing if you're a good drive or a relatively safe driver you probably don't like driving as much
1: it's just i don't know sitting sitting anywhere in a car for over like two and a half hours i would rather not be driving but then my phone dies because my phone life has bad battery in the passenger seat. And then I just have to sit and look out the window and vibe out to Nick's folk songs that he plays. <laughs> on his <playlist. laughs> and Sometimes it gets tough, but we get through it together because I am that co-pilot. I am that guy. All
0: right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, are we going to do a word of the week this week or are we going to hold off for fields?
2: We are going to do a word of the week because I found one that I really like. All right. Word of the week, doop, 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 word of the week. Doc, if you're going to get a point, this is the week. You're being generous. (laughs) Well, you got better odds. True. (laughs) Just plain and simple. Well, it depends on... Maybe not, because you kind of choose who you're going to piggyback off of, so now you only have one person to piggyback off of. (laughs) Usually, the right
1: answer is Nick regardless, so...
2: All right. <clears throat> See if I can get this. Let me get everything full volume, everything ready to go. Zarf. Zarf. So, no, you can't really hear the r very well. It's zarf. Z A R F. Do you need me to spell it again? <laughs> I'm okay. Z A R F. And it is a noun. Oh. Zarf.
0: What is a zarf? <laughs> yeah. It's I not decided, what I is zarf.
2: I, I start giving what, like, whether it is a noun, adjective, verb. I, I will start throwing those out just because.
0: Well, I, it makes it way more tough because now I can't even go with what is zarfing. It is what is a zarf. <laughs>
2: See, but see, but it narrows it down. Bizarre, 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 bizarre,
0: bizarre. bizarre. All I can think
1: of is barf.
2: Um. Sarf. Shall I? Yeah, so I was going to say, shall I give a hint? But then I know when Fields listens, he's going to this, it's gonna be super salty because I don't give hints when he's not here. <laughs>
0: um, I think a zarf is a a type of fish, specifically that of uh in the ocean. Uh, it is not a freshwater <laughs> fish. It is a saltwater fish. A zarf is a fish that uh also lives off of another animal like a shark so i think a zarf is a shark's little feeder feeder fish that lives right next
1: to it all right i actually really am struggling with zarf Um, (laughs) that's a fucking hard word zarf zarf would be what the fuck is a zarf Uh, a zarf is a type of let's fuck it zarf is a type of foreign countries um, alcohol that they produce Kind of like our moonshine, but it is Zarf. They use it during the holidays, and they drink it as a delicacy. That is Zarf.
2: All right. Um, Both very uh, good guesses. Uh, Both very similar as well. Um, There will be zero points (laughs) rewarded this week. Fuck. A Zarf is a... A Zarf...
0: Is Is a fruit. Can
2: koozie. Is what?
0: I don't know. I just think it's the true name for a can (laughs) koozie. Like an egglet is a
2: shoelace thing. A zarf is a (laughs) tube-shaped piece of material that is put around a cup for hot drinks to stop you from burning your fingers when you hold it. So everyone has used one of these before at one point or another. So you're telling me I can get a zarf at Starbucks and Caribou? Every single time you go there, you can. The more you know, that's a good one. I know. I saw that one. I was like, oh, this is a good one. Because everyone's always like, can I get one of those, like, cup holder things? Right. Those plastic cardboard Do you, th-
1: Do you think if we went up to Starbucks and Caribou no. tomorrow, i be like, can, no. we get a, <laughs> can we get a zarf with my drink, please? Then they would know what we we're talking about.
2: Absolutely not. No way. <laughs> But, no, I, I was going through them, and, and I was like, yeah, maybe we will, maybe we won't do one, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, that is a good one. That is a good one. So, all right, I had to do it. Maybe yeah. I'll do maybe I'll do two next week so Field doesn't feel left out, but we'll, we'll have to see.
0: Well, guys, that wraps up episode 65 of Booze and Banter. Uh, I said what we well, reviewed twice. So if you didn't listen to it by now, you guys fucking suck. <laughs> I'm going to give it to Fields. I'm going to say a little bit of a fuck Samuel Adams. And then uh, Lawrence, I'll give you a sign off tonight. You usually don't have one but because uh, we kind of took, took yours
2: away. But take it away for Fields. The MMA... Is not the same as the NBA. <laughs>
0: All right, I like it. A little flashback. Bak- Jabbar's on the phone, and we're waiting for some words of wisdom. This is not looking good. Watch him pop back with. I'm just playing. This oh no! Deal. <laughs> oh no! His his microphone's muted and everything. What are we gonna All do right. for the words of wisdom?
1: Right, I got words of wisdom. We are back. I had a work phone call. <laughs> Um, you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to.
0: That's a really good words of wisdom.
1: Just fun facts one. for the boys. I disagree,
2: bitch. One. You're back at your bar.
1: <laughs> I also, Loki. before we pop off, hey, I found a really good rule. Would you rather, we can do it really quick. Alright. Would you rather be scolded by Gordon Ramsay, Eminem, or Donald Trump?
0: Oh, easy. Donald Trump. Yeah, I'd Donald, say Donald
2: Trump as, Donald as well.
0: Donald Trump's just a fucking idiot. Gordon Ramsay and Eminem are gonna actually hit you where it hurts.
1: I, I would also say Donald Trump. A that lot of people be... said Gordon Ramsay, but I do not want to be called the donut anytime in my Hell life. Well,
0: no, I'm not making myself into an idiot sandwich anytime. <laughs> <soon>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you idiot sandwiches. Have a good night.